Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Adam and joining me as always my co-host. Hey, why is it easier to teach oil drillers how to astronaut and not astronauts how to oil drill? Shut the fuck up, Craig. You're listening to Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. Armageddon, 1998. The PG-13 action-adventure sci-fi movie. So, uh, you seen this before, Greg? I've seen this many times. I know you have. <laughs> this this is a film that falls kind of... It, every film we talk about, P.S., another one from the 90s, mm-hmm. um, I feel like I can answer more clearly what makes a guilty pleasure. Right, go on. Because uh, we've been asked before, like, oh, is Predator a guilty pleasure? Mm-hmm. And the answer is, well, kind of no, because it's in this sci-fi world where aliens <laughs> and predators exist. Yes. Whereas this is set in the actual world. This is, this posits is a world <laughs> that is just the world that is the world. It's definitely a Michael Bay world. It's a Michael Bay world. You better believe it. But he lives as like parallel to the real world. And this film is bananas. Like this film yeah. makes no sense whatsoever. We've got explosions in space. That wouldn't happen. Yeah. Uh, we've got... I mean, the oil drill, oil drill uh, crew is uh, is something to behold. I feel like that wouldn't happen. The only believable oil driller, I think, is like Will Patton, who's just like got an estranged wife and isn't an MIT genius. Yeah, there's so many things in this movie that are wrong, from what and, I remember. Um, and you know sure. what? No disrespect to any oil drillers out there listening. I've never met any of you, but I just feel like you, none of you are Steve Buscemi in this film. Uh, a, a certified genius slash sex pest. Um, yeah, I, I actually, funnily enough, know some. Um, and they uh, they quite like the kind of lifestyle because you basically rotate off uh, and you go for a couple of months out to sea and then you earn a ton of money because you're not paying any taxes, and yeah. then you come back and you live your life and then go and do it all again. But so, are yeah, any of fun. them certified geniuses slash sex pests? Uh, probably uh, lesser the former, more the lesser. So. Okay, you heard it here first. <laughs> With this, uh, after discovering that an asteroid the size of Texas is going to impact Earth is less than a month away, NASA recruits a misfit team of deep-core oil drillers to save the planet. <laughs> yeah, Misfit is correct. I mean, I we. I mean, I could talk for hours on this film without having watched it. But yeah, mm. that's the film. It's got a killer cast list. You know, I love a deep cast. It's yeah, got it's a cast got list of like good. Oh, I, see, I mean, with right, with well, the exception of one or two, these are mostly great character actors. So with this, Michael Bay actually thinks that Armageddon is his worst film. So <laughs> it this... isn't straight up. It isn't. Well, uh, this is according to the man himself. I will apologise for Armageddon because we had to do the whole movie in 16 weeks, he told the Miami Herald. It was a massive undertaking that was not fair to the movie. I would definitely redo the entire third act if I could. There's a strong opinion from a lot of film critics that as soon as the filmmaker makes the film, it no longer becomes their film, it's the audience's film. Yeah, I get that. And I'm going to say to Michael Bay right now, I know he's listening, uh... (laughs) The film's fine, just leave it be. Yeah, I feel some of the criticism that comes from some of uh, this movie does come a little bit with the editing and the pacing. Because A, it is a long, long movie. To, it is long. Uh, two hours 30. Um, but within that two hours 30, the average cut is something like 
per scene it's like two seconds well, right okay i would like to know <laughs> uh is that is that the median or is that the mean because if it's the median irrelevant mm-hmm. information no, but it would be the, the average of, of the mean but there are three types of average mode medium yes. mean anyway I'm very well aware all right, all right, all right just saying um and yeah if 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 that's the mean that's not great but if it's the median like because there are scenes that are just cut, 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 yeah, yeah. and there are scenes that are very much like hey um aj ben affleck is currently mm-hmm. putting a cookie down Liv tyler's underwear which is oh, going to yeah. take our time with this one michael bay while hanging out the back of a bmw so <laughs> with this sponsored uh... by fuck that is the other film this is sponsorship the movie <laughs> it is oh uh... god damn it's great so uh, backing up this movie uh, with the music is uh, Trevor Rabin. Uh, where do we know that name from? Uh, the only thing I know about this music is uh, Aerosmith. Yes, there is a lot of um, uh, Steve Tyler in this movie. Uh, obviously, mm. with Liv Tyler there, I think that obviously made it quite easy. Uh, but uh, Trevor's been on the podcast before. Uh, he's right. done Deep Blue Sea. Oh, and what he a also gem. did all your other favorite movies like Gone in 60 Seconds. Oh, what uh, a Yeah, going. okay. Yeah, I, rem- I remember you saying his reading his list off during the Deep Blue Sea episode and thinking mm-hmm. that man's a hero. He is. So uh, the other guys that are backing up Michael Bay for this are the writers. So we've got uh, Jonathan uh, Hensley. Yep. So with that, uh, Jonathan started his career writing episodes for the Young Indiana Jones Chronicles back in '92. Have you ever uh, watched any of that? You not? Ah, oh, mate. No, you? have you? Have you ever watched any of it? Yeah, yeah. I used to love that show. Oh, it's um, great. With that, uh, it used to just be that kind of. Uh, tipping on the border of awesome, like Erie, Indiana. I don't know if you ever watched that as well. I've heard of Erie, Indiana. Erie, Indiana. Mm. Um, it, I feel like it falls adjacent to like Roswell. Uh, or have you just talked about Erie, Indiana a lot? Probably, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he also wrote uh, Die Hard with Vengeance. Uh, but also, uh, a very young J.J. Abrams uh, was a scriptwriter for Armageddon. Yep. Uh, he obviously widely known for producing lost uh star wars and star trek yes yes that is all very true um yeah i mean it's jj abrams we we know him you have opinions on him i like his films comma some of them right, well i can tell you a very interesting fact about what he thinks about um script writing so obviously as a writer yourself uh he did an interview with 60 minutes to promote star wars the force awakens jj abrams recalls that when he was working on armageddon producer jerry Bruckheimer encouraged him to not worry about scientific accuracy and just to focus on telling an <laughs> exciting story that's great and uh I, I mean he took that note with aplomb nasa actually shows this film during their management training program Brilliant. so that new managers are given the task of trying to spot as many errors as possible at least 168 have been found <laughs> The idea that NASA has a management program is the thing that I'm taking away from that. I mean, of course they do, but I just I feel like management programs are reserved only for like convenience stores at Walmart and stuff. Mm, yeah, good point. But you know, yeah, you know what? NASA, NASA be NASA. Cool. Yeah. With that, uh, let's go uh, to the cast. So, uh, who do you think's running the show? Who's first build? Bruce Willis. Yeah, you're right. So it. he plays Harry S. Stammer. Um, so with this, Harry, was... what isn't it? What? Stamper. Uh, Stamper, Stamper. What did I say? Estammer. Fuck it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Uh, he's sandwiched, obviously, between the Jackal and the Fifth Element at this point in his career. Oh, so. that is a rock and a really awesome place to be between. Very like, so. the Jackal is terrible. What? The Jackal's awful. Have you ever seen the original, The Day of the Jackal? Yes. Phenomenal movie. Very good. A huge inspiration. Like, just a great like Sunday afternoon film. Wow. Mm-hmm. The Jackal mm-hmm. is what well, Richard Gere's Irish accent yeah. versus <laughs> Jack Black getting his arm shot off, and that's awesome. the movie. Yeah, that's pretty much the only bit I really remember. Yeah, that movie. exactly. The, the Jackal's terrible. And Bruce Willis wearing a very tight top and having an awesome moustache. He does have uh, awesome tash. This is, I think, as well, just slightly before or just after he's done Mercury Rising as well. So uh, Bruce Willis is rocking his short blonde hair. Yeah. Uh, era. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that one. Uh, funnily enough, um, Arnold Schwarzenegger was actually considered for the role of Harry before Bruce Willis. So I think that'd be amazing. Okay. I mean... <laughs> I love it if they kept everything the same. Just mm. Arnold Schwarzenegger and still Liv Tyler. Yeah, but they don't know jack about drills. I just oh, want yeah. to hear four words. I'll never do it again. <laughs> um, Much better. I'm sorry. Better movie. Yeah, maybe. Uh, with this, who's in second place? Uh, I imagine second place has to be uh, Batfleck. Oh, you're not. Uh, oh, is it? Is it? Oh, Billy oh, Bob. I was going to say Billy Bob then. Okay. All right. Cool. Yeah, so he plays uh, Dan Truman. Um, I I think he's the best character, if I remember correctly. Uh, uh, yeah, pretty much. He is straight talking Billy Bob in this movie. Yeah. I mean, he does basically a uh, pumped up version of what Ed Harris is doing in uh, Apollo 13. Yeah, great shout. It's, I mean, it's, it's the control room guy, and he fucking nails it. His backstory is pretty sweet. And he's Billy Bob Thornton. I mean... What's the uh, what was what's the terminology in um, in script writing where basically he I feel like he's the guy that sort of carries the pace of the movie to an extent. He's the one that almost explains like, what's going like on. Like the bookend or like a narrate not narrator, but he always um... is in a way like a narrator because uh, yeah. you know he's the one that's kind of just sort of giving the information bits piece by piece of what's going on, what they're going to do next, and things yeah. like that. Yeah, that's it's yeah. I suppose he's. Um kind of the cutaway video game character that gets to tell you exactly what's going to happen next exactly yeah, it, what you need to do it's a tutorial uh then yeah then ba- ba- ben affleck next yes you do so he, he plays aj frost Brilliant. uh better known as shannon from more rats uh, mr yeah. ass man yep uh, but obviously yeah obviously played uh, batman and daredevil and daredevil yeah yeah never forget uh so yeah so this is uh the, this is the movie which we quote probably if not every episode oh so 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 much so um, do you want yeah. to explain that well it's 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 as I mentioned earlier the kind of giving Michael Bay a t- taste of his own medicine as <laughs> I mentioned at the intro like they were doing the DVD commentary of the film and Ben Affleck says to Michael Bay hey wouldn't it easy, be easier to teach oil drillers how to drill than astro- how to astronaut than wouldn't it be easier to teach astronauts how to drill than oil drillers how to astronaut and he gets told to shut the fuck up also known as shut up affleck uh this is a really sort of like uh uninteresting but for me quite interesting factoid mm. um that uh michael bay uh got ben affleck to get his teeth done for this movie after the first couple of dailies because he noticed ben affleck's teeth were quite small oh really 
Yeah, so he was like, dude, you got to go uh, get $20,000 worth of dental work uh, to change up your teeth. So when you actually watch the movie back and you're going to go, man, his teeth are really good, like really white. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's literally because he, he just had them done. Brilliant. Spend your sweet and hard-earned goodwill hunting money on a new set of Nashers. Go. Exactly. <laughs> Uh, next down on the list is we've got Liv Tyler. Liv Tyler, uh, she yeah. Plays, uh, Grace, uh, so uh, Bruce Willis's daughter in the movie. Uh, Liv Tyler shot this film concurrently with uh, Plunkett and McLean. Uh, oh, so okay. She, yeah, so it's, uh, it's obviously the same time as that. Uh, so she's frequently flying from Los Angeles uh, to a location in the Czech Republic. I bet Johnny Lee Miller was so like starstruck. Like, oh my god, what are they like? Oh my god, Bruce Willis. Have you talked about me? Have you talked about me transporting to Bruce Willis? Have you? Have you? Have you? Wait, was there, but was Johnny Lee Miller at this time? When was he married to or dating Angelina oh, Jolie? Oh, Angelina Jolie. <gasps> Ooh, maybe Angelina Jolie, who famously went on to marry Billy Bob Thornton mm. of Armageddon fame. Ooh, maybe interesting. Maybe sort that out. Maybe she. Was maybe the, she uh, was on the plane too. <sighs> okay. Rumor, rumor, rumor. Disclaimer: None of what we have just said is true. Exactly. Uh, so Will Patton uh, he's the next guy Uh, he plays Chick what a name Um, (laughs) so I wouldn't say I know from much I know he's been in the Postman Postman yeah Gone in 60 Seconds Remember the Titans uh, Mothman Prophecy as well oh that film fucking sucks yeah it did it's fucking you know what it doesn't suck it's just boring It's, it's not bad it's just dull Oh, oh, the Mothmans are coming dude, in two oh, hours. Mate, like, quick interjection here. Mm. Um, I messaged you the other day watching Jiu-Jitsu <laughs> with Nicolas Cage. <laughs> How'd that go? You, you put it to me. If you can last 30 minutes, you'd get me lunch. I I was like, I'll hold out for that. And yeah. I uh, stuck it out for 15 minutes. <laughs> so I owe you lunch. Excellent. Mate, I couldn't fucking stand it. Uh, that was probably the worst movie I've seen in a very, very long time. In uh, contrast, I watched a film the other day called Terror Train. Loved every second of it. Anyway. anyway uh, moving on. Uh, <laughs> Steve Buscemi. Uh, yeah. He plays a rock hound. Uh, best known for saving people on 9-11. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. And that said, sounds like something you should that. gasp at, but it's true. Yeah, that's the, like, the, the fact that everyone the always The Steve Buscemi fact, Buscemi. yeah. Trains uh, as a fireman, help people on 9-11. Not that we're making fun of that in any way, shape or form, but Mr. Yeah. Pink did good. He did. Uh, next down the list, uh, William Fitchner. Uh, so yep. he's back from Equilibrium. Yeah, two in a row for Fitchner. Nice. You know when you said to me, like, oh, he's like, you'd mistake him for Chris Walken's it's Chris Walken's fake cousin, or yeah. fake cousin. I think he actually looks a little bit like Peter Weller from Robocop. Okay, yeah, yeah. You know if, what I mean? Maybe it's the forehead. Yeah. It's Chris Walken and... Hang on a second. And I'm going to leave this in, but... If you can hear Spice Girls playing in the background, that's my housemates listening to music, even though they know I'm podcasting. Uh, I can't hear anything. <laughs> that's fine. My microphone might be able to. Uh, yeah, he's Peter Weller versus Chris Walken. Is mm. so, our <laughs> um, Next down the list, uh, Owen Wilson. Uh, yep. He plays Oscar, uh, mm-hmm. best known for Wow. Hey, Wow. Oh, that's an astronaut. Wow. I seem to remember, like, from this movie, he plays almost the exact same character as he does in Zoolander. <laughs> I mean, uh, for me, he's closer to the character that he plays in Anaconda. I remember the bit where he is, uh, where they're all trying to gather around Bruce Willis and trying to explain how they're all 
uh, Liv Tyler's sort of surrogate fathers and because they all had a bit in raising her. Mm. And just the way that Owen Wilson talking, he's like, oh, she's coming into her own. And, you know, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah, uh, cool. It's just so reminiscent of the Zoolander character. Yeah. She's uh, exploring her body, Harry. Yeah, oh mate, it's it's a bit weird as well when you right. Like... This that we'll touch on it shortly, but kind of everything about this film, if you take half a sidestep left, so strange. Even mm. down to the soundtrack. Um, cool. uh, Michael Clark Duncan. Yeah, Michael Clark Duncan next. What a man. Rest he in peace. Bear, which is mm. probably the most appropriate name that you can give someone like Michael Clark Duncan. Uh, he looks jacked in this movie. He's fucking huge. It's amazing. Yeah. So apparently, from this. Um, he would. This is his first ever movie, and really, yeah. So uh, he got a bit of stage fright on set, and uh, he basically had to get consoled by uh, Michael Bay and Bruce Willis. Just basically like, mate, buck your ideas up, mate, because if you can't do this, you're out. And then that's that's less a consolement and more of a kick up the ass. I love it. Yeah, I think it's a bit of both. Uh, then we have uh, Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare, Storm- yes. Storm- Peter Stormare. Yes. Uh, so he plays Lev. Uh, he is basically your go-to Russian dude. Uh, so yeah, he's he's most famous for. Um... Big Lebowski. Uh, Fargo. Yeah, he was in Fargo as well. With um, Steve Buscemi. He, he also played Satan from Constantine. All right. Okay. Cool. If you remember that, he actually does quite a good uh, job of that. I quite like him in that. Yeah. Um, so then we have uh, Ken Hudson Campbell. Yeah. He plays Max. Uh, yep. Little probably one that you don't know. Uh, oh, he... I know a lot about Ken Hudson Campbell. Number one. Okay. He, uh, going off to see the Groundhog in Groundhog Day. That guy. Oh yeah. Okay. And uh, smoking Santa in Home Alone. Yes, I had yeah. that. that. That was my note there. I was going to yeah. see if you knew that. Um, Keith David. Keith so, David, yes. Uh, most famous for me as Requiem for Dreams. Uh, I didn't take it out for air. Oh, okay. I I always think I, since I see Keith David, I always think of They Live, which I actually watched again oh, recently. And I just yeah. go, oh, such a good movie. Mm-hmm. Um, aged aged really well. It is way ahead of its time. However, that punch him up fight scene mm-hmm. is dull. Uh, yeah, because but... it's choreographed by Rowdy Roddy Piper and Keith David, who are not fight choreographers, so it's just two blokes oh, that's a bit biffing each other in the face for Mate, four, four and a half minutes. Wrestler. He's a professional wrestler. That is his job to choreograph. His professional. Re- it, 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 mm. His job is to professionally wrestle, not to have a street fight. If he was jumping off the walls and throwing elbows and like hitting Keith mm. David with a trash can, I'd be like, oh, sweet, yeah, Rowdy Roddy Piper had some fun. But this is just old dudes. Slugging but, each other in the gut. Yeah, but I feel that's probably more realistic. Than... I'm not saying it's not realistic. I'm saying it's yeah. boring. Yeah. Okay, I can see that. <laughs> uh, and then the last guy. Uh, there's uh, so many people here, but I've just had to cut it off basically with uh, every other person. Uh, but most most notable person, I think that's on the on the list still, uh, is Jason Isaac. Jason Isaacs. Yeah. Hello to uh, him. So he uh, plays Ronald Quincy. He's the smartest yep. guy in the room. Yes, and, he is. Uh, best probably known as recently uh he was in death of stalin uh which is my kind of thing with him he was draco malfoy's dad lucius in harry potter's but he he pits in an absolute tour de force in uh death of stalin hey with steve buscemi 
Um, and just quickly, a couple of others. I know that Chris Ellis is in this movie, mm-hmm. and I also know that uh, Udo Kier gets an uncredited role as a psychologist, or an un. un- uh. He doesn't say a word. Is what I mean. He's credited, but he doesn't doesn't say a word. Yeah, some other people like kind of like make very brief cameos, uh, mm. like Eddie Griffin. Um, he's riding his bike through New York, and he's the guy with a dog. Yeah, um, the cab driver who I mistakenly think is Cooper Good Jr. Every time I see him, uh, brilliant. So... <laughs> That's okay. Uh, and Michael Bay actually makes a little cameo in this movie oh, as well. Of course he does. Where? Um, it's like literally the bit where um, they're kind of scrambling in the NASA set, and then just before they kind of do all the. Uh, uh, the inventions like the how we're going to destroy the, the the asteroids and you can see him he's very obviously he's so distinct looking especially at this time he's got a bit yeah. of a mop haircut as well so always be on the lookout for him when he comes yeah. out he um, kind of looks like a cleaner cut Richard Linklater oh good shout yeah right so due to the uh, fast paced and quick start editing mm. Roger Ebert called it the first 150 minute trailer this <laughs> right so ebert has a problem with bay oh he does uh, this is on the, the list of roger ebert's most hated films of all time yeah uh, in his original uh, review ebert stated the movie is an assault on the eyes the ears the brain common sense and the human desire to be entertained and yet i love it yeah, and so did everyone else. Because um, that came in with a budget of 140 million. Yep. How much do you think it made back? 300 million, easy. Oh, more than that. Um, really? 553 million. Um, well done. Yeah, you know Off what? Bill. Awesome. So, Great. Uh, with this, uh, should we go jump on Chair Force One? Like Absolutely. Yeah, let's do it. All right. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell, that movie is a long... This is going to be our longest episode. Yeah, do you know what? I feel that with going back through, there's so much that goes on in that movie. We could pick yeah. apart so, scene by scene. Uh, let's feel, not, because... Yeah, let's fucking not do that. Um, so we're going to try and not uh, briskly get through the major plot points, um, yeah. and we'll just interject. So feel free to uh, talk over myself Yeah. Uh, when I'm going through so, um, obviously, starting off, uh, we get an open narration by... Charlton Heston! That's right. Totally missed him this... off earlier. Yeah, so, obviously, famous uh, NRA gun nut. Famous <laughs> Michael Moore unenthusiast. Pry this gun out of my cold, dead hands guy. Famous um, for being in the remake of Planet of the Apes. Mm-hmm. And holding Wait, which... a gun. Oh, he was in it, wasn't he? he was and he, and he holds the only gun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, so he obviously gives us a recant of the history of asteroids impacting on Earth uh, roughly 65 million years ago. Yeah. The asteroid that basically wiped out the dinosaurs. Uh, and he was saying that was only measuring at six miles wide and it caused an extinction level event that killed nearly everything on Earth. The narrator. I, I find it funny. I'm sorry, just this yeah. is going to be one of the things that's happened, me interrupting. But yeah. this is a film. That posits that dinosaurs existed, right? Uh, and yet, yeah. all throughout, everyone's praying to God. 
Yeah, and just because you're 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 religious doesn't mean that you don't believe in dinosaurs. There are some obviously fundamental people out there that believe that the Earth's only like five thousand years old or whatever. But uh, I don't feel that there's a a large amount of people out there that deny interestingly, this. yes, like yes, there are. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. Having grown up, I mean, you went to Catholic school. I went to a, a C of E primary school. Yeah, I, I learned taught, science. I, what's yeah, that for Catholic school? Say again? And I, I did biology, chemistry, and physics. No, yeah, I, again, you're you're fine. I'm not having this isn't a thing <laughs> oh, at you. I'm just saying that when I went to a C of E, mm-hmm. it was very much like, oh, the dinosaurs. Well, that that's myths. That doesn't oh, exist. Fair. And I was there like, um, yeah. I just find it, I find it funny that they're like, uh, the dinosaurs, but also let's everyone pray. Yeah, fair. Uh, the narrator is warning uh, that the likelihood of such an event happening again is very probable. Why? Oh, I wonder if that's setting up something. Uh, every question, everything that gets said. But why? Why is it probable? Don't ask questions. Okay, sorry. Shut up, Affleck. Q exploding title. Armageddon. <laughs> yep. Well, I'm probably going to be doing a lot of sound effects uh, for this uh, one. Pew, 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 pew. pew. Yeah. Uh, when fixing a satellite in orbit, a space shuttle Atlantis is destroyed by a meteor shower, killing the entire crew. Yeah. Um, this is actually I, the I... first draft of the film Gravity. Oh yeah, fair. Um, I I like the fact that uh, obviously they're on the ground and they're like to the guy that's floating out in space doing a spacewalk. They're like, hey, your heart rate's going up. You might need to chill out. And then you're kind of a bit like well, two things. A, I bet this guy if he was a professional astronaut probably would be pretty chill and calm because he's probably simulated and done these things like hundreds and hundreds of times on the second hand if it wasn't it's like give that guy a fucking break he's out in the yeah. middle of fucking space fixing what looks like a you know a little microchip thing and he's just a bit like he's probably you know sweating bullets uh, last thing he needs is just be like oh by the way mate you're uh you're having an anxiety attack right now yeah like, oh, you, you don't want to say to someone who's uh panicked calm down mm. much like you don't want to say to someone who's angry hey calm down yeah, uh it, it'll just get him more upset it, it can do um, adam calm down can you tell me what to fucking do? Uh, meteorites then bombard New York City and several other parts of the world. Okay, so well, let's just make it clear. This film was made in 1998. Oh, mate, yeah. Yeah, and we don't need to say <laughs> anything else. For the people who know what we just meant, it was 1998. NASA it... discovered the size of the asteroid that is actually hitting Earth is uh, about the size of Texas. It's travelling at around about 22,000 miles per hour. And will collide with Earth in 18 days, effectively destroying the planet. Yes. Now, so people, I know that people have had an issue with this mm-hmm. uh, because the idea is like, oh, if it's the size of Texas, it wouldn't, you couldn't possibly drill into it that quickly, as they do later on in the film. Spoiler alert. Yeah. But my thing is like, well, okay, but it's maybe it's the width of Texas, and maybe just like the depth of Jersey. Either way, it's fucking huge. Yeah, I like That's, how you're trying to justify this. <laughs> I'm, I'm just, I'm justifying it by going. Just if I said that, like, oh no, okay. If I, if I said, if I said my hand was the size of a book and you held it up to the spine, you wouldn't be like, no, it's not. It's way bigger. Uh, yeah, I, yeah. You think about the perspective. If it's the, if it's the size of Texas widthways and the depth of Jersey, great. Get the biggest book that I could find just to prove you wrong. I'd be like, your hand is nothing the size of this book. Where I'm holding like up the. the <laughs> The com- complete works like of Homer or something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
Um, yeah, so obviously you briefly mentioned, obviously, uh, it was the New York City skyline. Um, the You see the Chrysler building coming down. I yep. believe it's Chrysler building. Yeah. And, uh, American um, Bay love destroying the Chrysler. Scientists at NASA plan to detonate a nuclear bomb at a precise point under the asteroid surface, which will split in two, causing it to miss Earth. All right, mate. Mm. Uh, however, the bombs must be planted at least 800 feet below the surface within eight hours of landing and no later than four hours before the Earth is impacted. Yep. Cool. So, Ticking clock, done. Massive stakes, done. Plot goal, done. So Now I we like just need to meet our characters. Well, this is it. So obviously we've had a little bit of back and forth between uh, Billy Bob uh, and Keith David and yep. obviously he gets a bit shut down and says like why can't we uh, just shoot every nuke we've got at it and then uh, the smartest guy in the room turns around to him and says look um, you know gives him the old firecracker analogy the firecracker analogy if you uh, light firecracker on 4th of July you'll have third degree burns on your hand but if you put your hand around that firecracker well then someone's putting mustard on your hot dog for you yes and... I'm British in America something about hot dogs 4th of July ta ta and if you want to travel through space time, here's a piece of paper that I'm going to fold up and put a pen through, which like every other fucking movie does. So, uh, NASA what I, just quickly, what I do love yeah. and hate about this scene is that they have that like false little montage just beforehand mm. of like all the other science boffins, com- like, okay, well we're going to create a massive net, all right? Um, <laughs> and it's like two or three of them. It's the sort of thing that when I write it, I'll be like. This is fucking stupid. This is scenes that do nothing apart from pad out the screenplay. Oh, because one of the guys is like, I'm gonna, we're going to fire a laser. Yeah. <laughs> what if we tell it to go away nicely? Um, but it's the sort of thing that when it works, it really works. And here, it works really well. But every time I write it, I'm like, this is dumb. This is like mm. the Pretty Woman montage scene, but without any of the heart. <laughs> so uh, NASA uh, goes out to locate Harry Stamper, uh, obviously played by Bruce Willis. Uh, he's regarded as the world's best deep core oil driller yep. to uh, train at the NASA astronauts for drilling. When invited to NASA, Harry brings his 20-something daughter, Grace, played by Liv Tyler, mm-hmm. uh, to keep away from AJ, Ben Affleck, a young rambunctious a member of the crew who he has just discovered has been sleeping with his daughter. Harry is disappointed and infuriated because he did not want his daughter to marry an oil driller like himself or remain in the blue collar life. Which, if you know what, Harry, uh, if you don't, I mean, I might, yeah, what I'm about to say, question mark, but Mm -hmm. if you don't want your daughter to end up marrying someone on an oil rig, maybe don't have her live on the oil rig. Well, this is the point that she brings up. So, <laughs> with this, um, we get to see uh, Harry chase Ben Affleck around the oil rig with a pump shotgun. Yep. Uh, this, for me, just makes you go. Obviously, I know Michael Bay is uh, hyper stylized and he does make uh, big action movies and things like that. Yeah. But obviously, it does cross the point of realism. And I feel that if you're running around with a shotgun and just shooting quite indiscriminately <laughs> on an oil rig, I feel that you've probably got some uh, mental issues. Better or... movie, Harry goes to prison, the world explodes. Yes. So, <laughs> he accidentally that... shoots Michael Clark Duncan in the leg. Well, mate, <laughs> Gets arrested for that? a hate crime. Mate, as he as, as Bear steps out towards him, as you look, I don't know if you notice it, but Harry's actually got the barrel of his fucking gun pointed directly at Bear's face at this point, telling him to get out of the way. If that shotgun went off, 
You know what I mean? Like, yeah. you just kind of think to yourself, like, this guy's a not practicing very good weapon safety, mm. but he actually does shoot Ben Affleck in the leg. He does, which should be Harry Stamper's in prison. Oh, now the world's ended. Yeah, I just love the fact that he's like, after, oh yeah, I've shot you, whatever, uh, you're fired. <laughs> yeah. Get oh, you can't, rig. you think you're going to sue me? No, 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 there are no witnesses, are there? Bear. Sorry, exactly. sorry, Rockhound, did you see anything? I didn't think so. Why are they all named after animals? Chick, bear, hound. Yeah. Yeah. Owen Wilson. <laughs> wow. Hey, wow. Uh, there is one there's two things about the introduction to harry that i find amazing one is the um golfing against the greenpeace oil tanker Mm. fucking love that because he's just there like i'm in it for the money and also you're pumping the same amount of oil into the ocean currently protesting me and also when um when the helicopter comes and 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 is like oh we want to take you to nasa and bruce willis is like did crazy willie put you up to this What shenanigans has Crazy Willie done before that has meant that him chartering a helicopter and buying very authentic uniforms is just par Mm. for the course? Who's I want the Crazy Willie movie. So uh, we talked briefly about product placements. That ship has Greenpeace written over it. Yeah. So I wonder if Greenpeace were like, yeah, cool, you can use our logo and we can use our boat because that's obviously a Greenpeace boat. Um, now what can... it, what you didn't see was that it was green and then a bigger space between the N and the P piece, not green piece, but green piece. There you yeah. can't copyright that. It's like it's one. I'm pretty sure you can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so there has to be some sort of acknowledgement from that because it would be the same with the uh, U.S. Air Force and NASA having to actually approve anything that goes on in this movie. So obviously, if you show that the U.S. military or any of the government mm. agencies in a negative light in this movie, they can ask for those scenes to be cut because part of the contract that they've signed with it, it's the same with Top Gun. Well, it's the same with it's like the same that. with phone usage in movie. Oh. Do you know this? So you can use an Apple movie, uh, an Apple phone in your movie, but yeah. it can't ever be, be seen to be running out of battery. Guy. Oh no! I thought it was, you, you can't. You can't. Um, bad guys can't use that. Well, that too. But also, if you, it can't ever run out of battery. Which we all know that's a lie. Yeah. <laughs> um, my, my phone just constantly dying on me. But that's fine because you're sponsored by Huawei. I feel like with Greenpeace, with just a word, it's kind of okay. Mm. Because they're not using the Greenpeace logo, they're just using the words green and peace. You can't copyright words. It's the Greenpeace font as well. Oh, is it? Okay, then. Yeah, uh... pretty sure. I could be wrong. Hey, hey, fair enough. Fair enough then. Head of uh, NASA Dan Truman, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, informed Harry of the dire situation. Mm. After hearing Truman's grim scenario, Harry asked if the only job will be to drill the hole and put the bomb down. Truman assures Harry that the only job will be to drill and there will be no spacewalks or other astronaut duties that will be involved. I think he's lying. Yeah, (laughs) I think he is as well. Uh, Harry decides to recruit his own oil drilling crew for the job to ensure that this is done properly. Yeah. Now, this whole scene is the famous commentary from Ben Affleck because he goes in on it, which I love. Um, but he makes some very, very good points. I mean, it is it is a certain level of fucking looking a gift horse in the mouth and biting the hand that feeds you. Like, pick your metaphor. Oh. That's kind of what Ben Affleck's doing there. 
it's kind of like it's the fact that obviously when Bruce Willis is like, "Hey, you've stolen my design for this drill," and NASA's like, "Yeah, we did, um, but we can't get it to work," and he's like, "Yeah, because you've jacked up the tranny and you put this pipe in wrong," and you're thinking like, "These are like NASA level engineers. <laughs> you know, these literally these guys literally build fucking rockets, um, and then they can't put together." A fucking drill. The um, we do rockets, not drills, sir. Exactly, and uh, the fact that these guys have been training for what was it like eighteen months or something like that to to use this drill? Yeah, uh, kind of a bit like, hmm, uh, yeah, okay. I uh, I will suspend my disbelief for you, Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, so NASA agents then collect all of Harry's crewmen, who include. Uh, Jotus, uh, Bear, yeah, you know, I'm not even gonna fucking read any of their names. I'm just gonna call them by their nicknames. Yeah, call them by their actual human names. Yeah, so Bear, uh, Rockhound, Max, Oscar, Chick, and others. And <laughs> <laughs> um, many more. Because there is like, there's one other guy in it who. I yeah, who's got a name like name. Gomer or Gerber or something like that, and he's just a dude with black hair. Yeah, I, he's like almost interchangeable with the astronauts a little bit, I think. Uh, where he's just a bit like, oh, I don't even remember when he dies. You know what I mean? Oh, I do. Oh, fair enough. Uh, you can point that out. Yeah. So they are informed by Harry and Nassau of the grim situation that they and the world are faced with. The men agree to do it, provided that NASA grants their demands and are put through. This a is the day best program. scene of the film. <laughs> what the demand scene? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, do you remember the list of demands? Uh, not for. Uh, so, Max wants him to bring back eight tracks, which is yeah. just brilliant. Uh, Bear wants a night. I don't remember eight tracks being that great. Uh, nor, nor do I. <laughs> bring um, back mini discs. No. <laughs> bring back the Sega Mega Drive. Um, yeah. Bear wants a night in the White Horse. I, I mean, the White House. Yeah. Um, Oscar has got some like parking tickets. Yeah, in seven states. In seven states, there it is. Uh, um, Bruce Willis had. Uh, no, well, it's never implied who says it, but Bruce Willis is like, "Oh, we don't want to pay taxes again ever." Yeah. And Which, um, I wonder actually how much money they would actually make or save from that, considering I think they earn a fair bomb on oil rigging anyway. So well, with that, but also that mean, like, imagine you're coming tax? back to Earth and you're fucking. Um, you're gonna give talks. You're gonna be on. You're gonna be on this morning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're number one. You're, you're definitely gonna be on. Gonna be on, on talks, Graham okay. Norton's gonna get involved. You're gonna be on the red chair. But no. Uh, and then uh, yeah, you're doing Conan. You ha- you've got to do Conan. Why yeah. wouldn't you do Conan? Probably skip out Jimmy yeah. Kimmel and yeah. um, what's the other guy that I really don't like? James um, Corden. The guy that always laughs. J- James Corden. Oh no! Yeah, fuck that guy as well. Fuck Jimmy that, Kimmel. Jimmy Fallon. Jimmy Fallon, there we go. Thank you very much. No, yeah, do you know what? At the bottom of that list is James Gordon. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'd like to do um, John Oliver. I know he doesn't do interviews, but yeah. he'd, be, he'd be fun. He was in Rick and Morty, for God's sakes. I would uh, drag uh, Jonathan Ross out of his uh, coffin to go do a TV show. Doesn't he still have an ITV? Does he? I don't know. Well, I, I'm, not, I... I'm, not, I'm not doing Anton Deck. That's, <laughs> that's a big name. Your Saturday night takeaway stays at home. Um, and then, of course, Michael McIntyre. Oh, of course, yeah. Yeah, I mean, you know, I'd love to get on Taskmaster. Uh, you know, I saved the world, so I can put shit together. <laughs> yeah, you, you can get on Taskmaster if you want. Um, 
Uh, I feel like there was one other th- Oh, they wanted to find out who actually shot Kennedy Oh, I believe Chick wanted to go say at Caesar's Palace Yes, uh, Deluxe Package or Emperor's Package or something Yeah, I feel this really like, because they asked for like really, really small things, you know yeah. what I mean, it's just like it's like, you could probably ask for uh, probably a little bit more, but obviously Well, what, what, what would you ask for? Ways. If you're about to go save the Earth, what would you ask for? Oh, good question. Because I recently um, watched the film Sneakers. Oh, okay. Love that film, always loved it. And at the very end, they all get asked, or they all make demands from the NSA for, like, the magic box or whatever. And Robert Redford asked for his, like, uh, history to be wiped clean. And yeah. um, Dan Aykroyd asked for a Winnebago. Sidney Poitier asked for, like, a trip around the world. It's all very funny. But River Phoenix is like, I want the love of a good woman. And asks for like James Earl Jones's sidekicks number. It's 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 very funny. It's just interesting that I've had the thought process recently of, of like if I had the magic wishes, what would I go yeah. for? He, I wonder if you could ask for like something like uh, I would I would like to yeah pay no taxes be a, a oh, great 100%. great shout yeah. But maybe just ask for some sort of like you know like a government salary or something like that for life. Yeah, you know what I mean, including pension and all that sort of stuff, so you can just go. Even if it was like a couple of grand a month, it's like I could just chill sit at home, yeah, chill. I've, I've been spoiled by furlough. Anyway, but... back to Armageddon. We said at the beginning this will take some time. It's mostly because we're now talking about fucking Jonathan Ross, and I mean, you know, we'd get on Celebrity the Chase if we saved the Earth as well. Yeah, I'd be on. I want to get on Celebrity Wipeout. Yeah, um, I mean, for me, it's so, Celebrity Mastermind. But again, we're different folks. Twelve day training program. Give me the montage. <laughs> yeah, so we get Udo Kier, uh, mm-hmm. who is like the creepy scientist dude. Uh-huh. Uh he's famous for being in films like Suspiria and like yeah. he's he's the go to like Creepsville USA guy. He's got quite a menacing look about him. Very menacing. But... And I imagine in real life he's an absolute sweetheart, but he looks like he'd eat my liver. Yeah. And this is where you kind of get the kind of bullshit of uh, Steve Buscemi's character where it's like, Hey, I've got like two degrees from MIT Whilst doing a Rubik's, Cube, a Rubik's Cube. Yeah. And you know, all this other bollocks and then you're like Oh, reason why I like working in oil rig because it's good money and you work for explosives. Yeah, and like, I yeah, I get that. Yeah, but, uh... but I feel like there's other. I mean, whatever. Yeah, you know, that's the one I have the least amount of problem with. The one I have the most amount of problem with is AJ. Okay. Looking, so they all get um, the like ink blot tests, the Rorschach. Oh, Rorschach. Yeah. Yeah. And um. That's all pseudo bullshit, mate. <laughs> oh yeah, of course it is, but. AJ's looking Ben Affleck's looking through them he's like this is Harry telling me I'm not good enough this is Harry telling me I'm having a hard time this is and I was like we get it you you live we know that you live in this guy's shadow oh is it not better than Steve Buscemi where I... he's just like guys there's a woman with large breasts there's a woman with small breasts this, this is, is you with you. breasts <laughs> <laughs> but again it's funny that is dumb but it's funny yeah, yeah. Uh, because Steve Buscemi is like a uh, light release for this film I was like alright yeah. cool but uh, yeah it, the AJ1 bugged me do you know how oh, sorry uh, why what what the like backstory of Steve Buscemi getting this role is mm, no I don't actually okay, so he got the role and he said to Michael Bay like yeah I'd love it I'd love to do this I'd love to do a character that's like smart intelligent oh, this yes, that, and the yes, other I, I just don't I want to play another scumbag and as soon as they got <laughs> Steve Buscemi they're like and Rockhound's a pervert. <laughs> yeah, because uh, obviously he helped show Liv Tyler how to use the tampon. Right, and this is and... this is the thing I said a minute ago about like half side step left. Yeah. The kind of 
faux uh like what is it when you um like oedipal relationship she has that like Liv Tyler is in love with Ben Affleck who wants nothing mm-hmm. more than to be Bruce Willis who is Liv Tyler's dad that already I'm like okay complications Rockham taught her of like Sigmund Freud it's proper like, Sigmund Freud Oedipal stuff going on um, mm-hmm. the fact that Steve Buscemi taught her how to use a uh, tampon I was like well that again is semi problematic and strange because well it... the fact that he keeps referring to like I didn't know how old she was as well that I mean yeah uh, the so FBI like, guys like... bust them down and he's like Harry I swear I, she told me he, she was 16 like that's my Steve Buscemi, thank you. Nice. Yeah, that's creepy. But the biggest fucking creepsville of the whole thing mm. is actually the music video of Don't Want to Miss a Thing. Uh, okay. Because... Remind me. Um, well, it's, it's Steve Tyler of Aerosmith mm-hmm. fame singing I Don't Want to Miss a Thing, uh-huh. which is a love song. Mm-hmm. But in the video, it's Steve Tyler singing to Liv Tyler his daughter yeah. about oh, wait, if you want to talk about steve tyler being a fucking uh, absolute scumbag um he i think he banged like some 16 year old girl um on the side and then forced her to get an abortion or something like that allegedly and, or, no that's i think that's fact <laughs> i think we can say i think that is uh, that's allowed to stay okay hey i will google and then edit accordingly but <laughs> yeah so the whole video is just like i love you i want to fuck you for the rest of my life p.s mm, you're my daughter and nice. <laughs> i love that song i love this film yeah, it's good i they have to play ignore that what's fact. the other one um sweet sweet emotion okay they also yeah. have that that's when they're getting their medical done and getting all the probes shoved yeah up their yeah yeah um, they also get to meet the uh, other mission commanders and also get to see the space shuttles, the X-71. We haven't even got into space yet. We're an hour into this show. Mate, <laughs> mate they don't get into space till about fucking hour 20 yeah. anyway. They, get, they, they, do, they do the NASA drill training like where they learn yeah. how to do all the things that are going to come up in the second act. Like if you're yeah. flying away, press this button and it'll bring you down to the the, the meteorite and they're he, setting up a lot of it here's and how we're going to slingshot you around the moon uh, around the asteroid or even do you not think that the uh, the fact that they called space shuttles freedom and the independence uh, <laughs> a little bit on the nose as well very much so yeah so uh, that, that the, to me yeah. had hints of like an apprentice team on week mm. one not knowing what answer to give yeah 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 that's very true uh we're team uh synchronicity because we're gonna work in sync with each other for the next 14 weeks uh mm-hmm. we're team victory because we fucking rule <laughs> um we just you obviously then introduced to things like the armadillo like you said yeah. um which also uh had a massive gatling cannon on the front of it that, you uh, know, which is never necessary. addressed what um but apparently that gatling cannon is only there to sell toys for so fuck's sake Mattel we're going to make a uh, big toy of it and sell it and they're like if you put a massive gun on it it will sell a lot better brilliant so after a meteorite strikes Shanghai China uh, destroying the city and causing a tsunami the incoming asteroid and the pending mission are revealed to the world the freedom mm. and the independence are launched and they go to dock with a Russian space station crewed by Lev to refuel with liquid oxygen propellant now the bit I didn't get about that is they were managed to send a, a rocket to the moon 
who mm-hmm. are having to do any of this bollocks. Um, and then they're having to now, like obviously 40, 50 years worth of space technology, they've had to now dock with a space station to get yep. more fuel when they've literally been out for an hour or something like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. So might get this. You didn't get that. I didn't get why it was that they were keeping the secret. How it was even they were keeping the secret of uh, a meteorite attack from the world. Well, after New York just got blown up. Like you, like <laughs> it's New York. Like if it was like what you mean, small town USA, New York. If it was yeah, exactly. Fucking Hobunk nowhere, <laughs> like adjacent to Smallville, New York. No, like it's the biggest city. It's one of the biggest cities in the world: New York, Paris, London. They're the three. Mm. The fact that it's an oh, and Shanghai. Now everyone knows. Like, <laughs> no, no. You need it needed to either not be New York or everyone knew immediately. That's one true. or the other, everybody. Now the other thing which I didn't understand is why Lev is on that whole space station by himself. Like. Well, what are you doing up there? Like, well, that's like, what was the guy that sang uh, "Space Oddity" on the guitar whilst in oh, zero gravity? The dude with Tim... the tash. Yeah. Was that the dude with the tash? Yeah, he was alone. Was he alone? I don't. I don't think he was. Okay. I could be wrong again, but I, I don't think you're up there alone for eighteen months. And obviously, they make aware that the fact that when they're docking, they're like, this guy might not be quite on the level. Do you reckon astronauts get taxed? Because you know, like we said, the the drillers don't get taxed because that's international waters and this that, and the other. But obviously, space is space. Yeah, that's a really it is tough. international, I guess. But I don't know because wouldn't you know like how sayings like you'd have sovereignty and things like that. So say for example, if you're on a U.S. embassy, you're mm. technically on U.S. soil to, to yeah. a degree. So I wonder if you are on a U.S. space station, you would pay tax. It's well, it's the International Space Station, that's the thing. But this isn't, this is a Russian space station. So. Oh, is it? I thought it was the ISS. Okay, fair enough, Russian. Yeah. You'd think that it would be, but then, yeah, they make quite clear that it's Russian, uh, hence fair. why nothing works. <laughs> which which is amazing, then, that the, the, the whole Shanghai, like, big reveal to Earth mm-hmm. is then, like, the next day, they're just, America is allies with Russian Russia and has this plan concocted. Well, I feel You know what I mean? Like... I've... I feel that there probably is some sort of shared, um, you know, element in space and things like that for for a lot of these things. I actually have a have, have a client at the moment. Um, he does a lot of uh, space stuff. He's like uh, space debris risk management. So basically, uh-huh. yeah, it sounds it's it, it's one of those things that sounds quite awesome, and then you think about it, oh, it's quite boring. No, it doesn't. But then he is actually quite awesome <laughs> because basically he talks to me about how all this debris is basically destroying all these satellites and stuff like that and how they yeah. have to monitor it all so that when they spend out um, satellites and uh, space shuttles that they make sure that they don't get basically hit by um, these tiny objects that can be about you know centimetre or two centimetres. Uh, you know what? I'm bored already. Like, I, <laughs> space debris risk management... Um... It's a coming at a straight line. It will probably keep it straight line. Let's just oh, yeah. veer left slightly. Yeah, um, I think it's a little bit more tricky than that. But okay. yeah, but that's why I'm not a space debris uh, space debris risk manager. <laughs> so uh, AJ encounters a problem stopping the pumps after the ship's tanks are full, and mm. the crews are forced to quickly evacuate back to their shuttles and flee as the station explodes. The yeah. crew and Lev uh, escape. Several hours later, the two shuttles perform a high G-force powered slingshot procedure around the moon, yep. traveling at 
22,000 miles per hour to intercept the asteroid. Yep, that yeah. happens. I mean, that, that, happen. <laughs> that's the tactic they used in Apollo 13, right? Well, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty standard... I say standard, like, yeah, I've, I've done it before. Oh, um, I mean, I did one this morning. I don't know about you. Uh... Yeah. Um, or to use a gravitational port. I'll tell you what, mate. It's when you actually learn about the, the Apollo missions and about how they actually managed to work out all this crazy shit to do mm. just to get to the moon. Like, when they're firing this thing and it's going, like, you know, like, yeah, 20,000 miles an hour or whatever. And yeah. then it has to, like, rotate and flip in, like, mid-trajectory then launch another piece of the pods and that fires that off and yeah, it's yeah. just like how the fuck do you work any of this shit out well, obviously that's why the nasa yeah that's it and that's why we have a podcast <laughs> <laughs> yeah this is why i'm sat in my bedroom in the dark <laughs> like, we're currently the most rudimentary media types in the world given out about the smartest people in the world <laughs> We are, we are we are the overweight person saying that the footballer should have crossed it better. It's great. Oh, uh, yeah, it's like my favourite meme. Uh, yeah. like, I, I send that occasionally out on the group. You do, chat. I know you do. <laughs> um, so entering the asteroid's wake, uh, the independence is struck by debris, uh, crippling mm-hmm. its main thrusters. So there you go, mate. Debris, risk management. Uh, <laughs> You're right. You showed me in this fake movie. Damn right. Uh, Colonel Davis orders AJ and his men to don their own oxygen supply and lock themselves in the cargo bay with the armadillo. Cargo Michael do, Bay. A, yeah. <laughs> Thanks, uh, as they do, a huge piece of debris smashes out the independence cockpit windows and Colonel Davis and Pilot Tucker are killed in the decompression. So as yep. you see, their bodies go flying straight out. Uh, yeah, gruesome death that. Uh, in the freedom following, uh, Harry sees a withering, twisting shape and screams, Sharp, what the hell is that? Is that the independence? With his question being answered very quickly <laughs> with a very loud bang of a body hitting the freedom's front window. So That was on. a Rick and Morty gag if ever I saw one. <laughs> yeah, Just definitely. turn on the fucking wiper blades and get rid of it. <laughs> uh, Colonel Sharp then informs Houston of the loss of the independence and presumably its crew. Yeah. Or are they? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, yeah, so AJ uh, and Max... Uh, no, AJ and Michael Clark Duncan survived the crash mm-hmm. with Lev. Uh, this is where Owen Wilson dies. Yeah, he does. It's like, it's one of these weird things where you kind of go, oh, like, I've lost track already of who's alive and who's dead. Um, and bec- but you keep, it's an interesting one. Because it's Owen Wilson, we know him now as Owen Wilson, you know. Mm, um, wow. From, hey, wow. That wow. that you expect him to get more time, more screen time, more whatever. Yeah. But uh, it was the late 90s. Again, it was Anaconda territory. It was a time when he wasn't Owen Wilson. He needed to wait five more He 2003 hit, and then Owen Wilson was Owen Wilson. Yeah, fair. Before then, he was just, oh, that guy, I know him. He, he says wow a lot. <laughs> uh, he has the great Star Wars conversation, though, with, um, talk of J.J. Abrams, with, with uh, Ben Affleck. Oh, yeah. When they're like, okay, I- I'd be Han. Wait, I'd be Chewie? What? Um, that co- there's, there's like two or three Star Wars like mentions or references in this. Nice, I like that, that you can just tell was J.J. Abrams punching up and I'm like alright you're planting the seed early we get it we get it mm, I like this uh, so yes you're right uh, the crippled uh, independence has crash landed on the asteroid, uh, killing most of the crew uh, AJ, mm. Lev and Bear do survive uh, the freedom lands on the surface but misses the target landing zone arriving on an area of hard iron 
which it will be difficult to drill through. Which, so. no, I mean, Steve Buscemi figuring that out by looking at a map. He's yeah, so... but he's a, isn't he like a, a genius in geology or something like and that? And a sex pest. Or that as well. Mm. <laughs> he's horny. <laughs> Call him Rockham because he's horny. Get over it, everybody. Uh, the Freedom Team tries to drill but suffers several setbacks and losses due to unexpected conditions. Their first drill head is destroyed after only a few yards and they blow a transmission, forcing a very lengthy swap with a new one. Yep. So that time's eating away, which of course means that Keith David, back on Earth, is getting all het up because he yeah. wants to blow the nuke. I like blow how it. early as well he dropped the hard R. It's like, hey, there's a bunch of retards. Yeah. So that's what he thinks of them. Yep. Uh, AJ, Ad, uh, Lev, and Bear uh, board the armadillo. We somehow survived the crash intact. So you're like, okay, cool. Sure, uh, yeah. Omar yeah, died, like... but the armadillo with its gun is fine. <laughs> um, and then AJ starts following a signal on the vehicle's tracking screen, which it hopes will lead them to the freedom and Harry's yep. crate. The men are forced to attempt an evil Knievel-like jump across a massive gorge on the asteroid, and thanks to some heroics from Lev, they succeed and carry on towards the signal. This is one of the Star Wars... Uh, have you ever heard of Evil Knievel? I never store Star Wars. Yeah, I really like that joke. Yeah, it's fun. Uh, it's it's Every time it's good fun. I, I think Steve Buscemi... I think the star, it's a Star Trek one, actually. It's Steve Buscemi's like, you know me, beam me up, Scotty. Mm. Um, so he's, uh, he's planting the seeds for Star Wars and Trek, is JJ. I, I like the fact, because I would think that Lev, being a Russian, probably would have no idea who Evil Knievel even was. Yeah. Um... Because obviously, like, I feel like I only know Evil Knievel because I think of, um, what's the Simpsons one? It's Lance something. Yeah, I know uh, what you mean. Yeah, you know what I mean? I And I, I, I know that kind of reference, if you know what I mean. But I, I know never... it is a pop culture reference. That's I it. feel like there was an Evil Knievel film that had, like, the white dude from uh, CSI, which narrows oh, that down. That, yeah, that guy. Yeah, the one white oh, guy. The white guy. So oh, right, yeah. uh, the, with the short brown hair, George Eads. Eads. Eads, yeah. yeah, that guy. After losing communication with Earth, uh, the drilling mission is put on hold. Harry's crew has reached a depth of 57 feet after two hours of work. Sharp contacts NASA for instructions where the US president orders the bomb to be detonated on the surface in hopes that the explosion will divert the asteroid away from Earth. The bomb timer is activated. Yeah, ticking clock be damned. We've got another ticking clock that's moving yeah. faster. So, um, uh, yeah. I was going to just jump in there. Like, So apparently one of the big things with Michael Bay is that he doesn't like US presidents on in films. Right. So this is why the US president, that when we see him in Armageddon, he's very much on like TV and things like that. He's not like mm. in the room. He's no, like He's never in the room, if you know what I mean. No, no. Um, another rule of Michael Bay is that you never kill a dog. No, Re- Reggie survives the beginning of this one. It does. Yeah, never kill a dog. I like that. Yeah, I mean, that's that's how you keep people on board. It worked. That's why I've watched Armageddon as many times as I have. Uh, but yeah, so then Harry Stamper, Bruce Willis, has to kind of appeal to William Fickner's, uh, like human sensibilities. Like, mm-hmm. I can drill this hole, and I will drill this hole. Just shut off this bomb. So he shuts yes. off the bomb. Like, it's... It's pretty good, especially when the elevator doors open and Steve Buscemi goes, oh, what'd I miss? Um, 
Uh, just... So yes, uh, a surface ablation, however, would not be sufficient to divert the asteroid. So no. Truman manages to buy some time by having NASA controller kill the uplink for the detonator, but the controller quickly set upon by the USAF, uh, the United States Air Force security yep. officials, and the timer is reactivated. Yep. So with this, uh, one of the things that um, I know about this film is that that gun um, that uh, which brings out. Uh, that wasn't actually scripted, and that was later added. Oh, right. I thought you were going to say like Brilliant Fickner just had it on him, <laughs> yeah, like Tony Stark and the Blueberries. Um, but so they were really concerned, actually. Or Michael Bay was. He was saying that um, he didn't know how the United States Air Force, uh, when watching the pre-release of this movie, would react to um, a, a U.S. Air Force captain or uh, colonel sorry yeah uh, whipping out a gun on a spaceship like that they thought that might be overly aggressive um but they were like yeah cool i mean um you're the fucking army the you know the military on yeah. board a military mission and then you've got some geezers that are not then following the orders so it's like you would that seems quite practical in a way yeah. that yeah you would go that that way it's like right the colonel's following orders he's going to go through if he's been told by the president detonate a bomb doesn't matter what the hell's going on he's following that through yeah yeah which is why at the end of white house down um the white house should have been blown up by the m16s the m the the pilot is there being like i can't do this guys it's the white house yeah. and doesn't drop the bomb he's like no you would follow orders through and through anyway so was this yeah so chick sees the bomb timer counting down Harry summons Colonel Sharp over. Colonel informs him of the secondary protocol, which is obviously he's under orders to protect, to allow the device to detonate the service. After overpowering Sharp, Howie convinces the Colonel that he will drill to 800 feet. Did you just call him Howie? Uh, Harry. I'm pretty sure you said Howie, and I'm leaving it in if you did. Oh, fuck, it didn't. But <laughs> okay. Howie Paul Roberts uh, convinces the colonel (laughs) that he will drill to 800 feet. Now, the bit I don't get about this is at this point they are at 57 feet or something like that. Sure. Yeah. And it's like, right, okay, so you've done that in the space of like, what, two hours? Yeah. I think it was. Conservatively, two, three hours. And how many hours have you got left? You've got like like another two hours. How are you convincing someone that, oh, by the way, I'm going to drill next to 750 feet? When... Because he's never missed a target, dude. He's never. He's, he's he never always missed a depth. That's yeah, right. That's it. He always gets there. Um, so I could be wrong with the distance there. Um, it's on my notes but you're there, right. He, they've done like twelve percent of it or something, and yeah. just through sheer determination, they're going to get the other eighty-eight. Because god damn it, they need to or some shit. So with this uh, sharp then deactivates the bomb uh, sharp joins harry's men uh, to help attempt to finish the job which is just 250 feet yep. left to drill so there we go so their drilling machine is blasted off the asteroid by a gas vent killing max in the process so very very sad um when the crew radio report to nasa that the mission has failed worldwide panic ensues as humanity braces for the end of the world yeah right. right okay uh, it's one of those things as well what would you do if you were told that, say, in a couple of hours' time, that was going to be a fuck off huge asteroid, and it's going to hit that like, and it's going to hit London or it's going to hit the UK, and there is literally nothing you can do to avoid dying. Uh, realistically, mm. I'd spend time 
recording a podcast. <laughs> Just... Uh, yeah, I'd probably spend time with my loved ones as well. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. I'd spend time with my loved ones getting drunk because you know what, pain hurts less when you're drunk. Yeah, it's it's a, it's a hard one to think about because you kind of feel like that in this movie we portray that like society breaks down and people are rioting, but you're like, what's the point? You know what I mean? Like, what what would be what would be the point? Who who are you rioting against? Who are you doing? Like, you yeah. okay? You're going to steal like break into a shop and steal what you're gonna like it's almost like there is you have to have an, a like a level because of harry stamper never misses his death so when everyone else is out with their loved ones i'm out stealing a sony playstation oh fair yes or taking Trust out a hundred thousand bank loan from a loan shark to uh, go spend on hookers so with that, uh, a meteorite uh, strikes Paris, destroying most of the city. You know what I mean, like they didn't leave off that. I was a bit like, damn. Wanted to make sure that were that old Paris was gone. Uh, so not long after Paris is struck, the Freedom Crew is trying to figure out what to do next when Harry spots a light on the side of his visor. And it's AJ. <gasps> mm-hmm. I don't know why he's back to the future, but he's turned up. Why not? Uh, yeah. So he turns around to see the lights of the vehicle at the cliff above him. It is the second armadillo driven by the site by the survivors of the independence. So they obviously made their evil can evil jump through the asteroids, uh, which I thought was quite cool a little bit because I feel like at this point in the movie, I was like, fucking hurry up, get this fucking bomb off. And that jump was actually a nice little um, you know, bit of sorbet, a little bit yeah. of a palate cleanser. My, a little bit of Mike, Michael sorbet. Oh, great shout. Thank uh, you. Good joke. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I'll let the listeners decide about that, actually. <laughs> 88% bad joke. So uh, Harry puts AJ in charge of finishing the drill, and they successfully drill to the necessary depth. Uh giving the old hey do you trust me yeah go on i trust you yeah even uh, though there's no bona fide guarantee that this will work and even though it's already killed max you do yeah. you aj and, you do you you've literally set up every incident where aj's been wrong yeah you shot him <laughs> in the leg. Been right if there's one time to trust you i'll probably wasn't uh, but it being a movie all works out yes so, or uh, does it Exactly. Uh, the team. Loads oh, this. By bomb. the way, this. That was where. Uh, just before then was when Black Hair uh, got killed. Oh, isn't this in the storm? He and the storm comes and it fucking fires him off into space. That's right. Yeah. Um, so, so the team's lowering the nuclear bomb into the hole, but then caught in a rock storm, um, which for some reason's on fire. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, storm kills the crew member Gruber. That's his name. Gruber. Apparently. I was right with Gruber. Gruber. Uh, and damages the remote on the bomb, uh, yep. rendering the remote detonation useless. Oh, Which, no. of course, means someone's got to stay behind. Oh, oh man, if only Gruber do. hadn't died. <laughs> so with uh, 18 minutes left, uh, yep. Truman tells the team that someone must stay behind to detonate the bomb. Mm-hmm. Sharp and Watts must stay to fly, fly the shuttle uh, home. Truman tells the team that someone must stay behind to detonate the bomb. Sharp and Watts must stay to fly the shuttle home. So they're out. So the remaining men must draw straws. What I did like about this is that as they're mentioning it, they're like, should we draw straws? And it's like, oh, go on then. And then Colonel Sharp 
literally holds up the five like pre-cut jaws. Like yeah, so there was that editing. <laughs> but one of the clever, one of the smartest things the film does is that they at this point kind of inebriate Steve Buscemi. Mm-hmm. They because he gave oh. him space madness. Yeah, I was like, what? Yeah, thank you for bringing this up. I was like, because it was like space madness, space dementia, or some weird yeah. shit like that. And he's just like goofing off because basically he's kind of accepted the fact that the mission's fucked and we're all going to die. So he's like, yeah, fuck it. I'm going to have some fun while I'm up here. Don't think that's uh, qualified as space madness. <laughs> Your no. made up bullshit disease. Um, uh, but, and he, they've got him like riding on top of the Gatling gun and, and saying oh, he's like, riding, ah. he's riding on the nuke, isn't he? Oh, that's uh, it. He's riding on the nuke. He's, he's um, his, and he's um, using the Gatling gun. And oh, that's it, yeah. he's doing his best uh, Doctor Strange love, I'm on that's top of it. the world thing. Yeah. But he doesn't call it Doctor Strange love. He's like, oh, I'm like Slim Pickens from that movie. You're a certified genius. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what Doctor Strange love or how I learned to stop worrying love the bomb is called. Yeah, he's like, hey, uh, I'm like that guy from that black and white comedy movie. Yeah. <laughs> Which I can't name. It's, like, exactly like, it's like oh it's like I, I'm, I'm, I'm like trinity from that film you know that film with trinity yeah like um but but to inebriate him to have him like wrapped in duct tape um and like not allowed to stay back and pull draw straws means mm-hmm. that they can use the two pilots to fly away because if he's learned how to astronaut in like a day he mm. can certainly learn how to fly a space shuttle in a yeah. second meaning that both of the astronauts there. i feel that would be the kind of uh you know when we talk about suspension of disbelief that bubble would burst very 100%. very sharply if they were like hey let's get this oil driller to fly the fucking shuttle but that's what i mean like if they did that from jump street i'd be like well that's silly but if he had to mm. learn real quick like oh this flitch switch go aj's already driven the armadillo so he's not totally incompetent like they've just got to teach him, like okay, this for go, this for forward, this for backwards, this for left. Hey, can this you for right. can you drive stick? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and then two more people can be in on this drawing of the straws. But no, it turns out that AJ draws the shortest straw. He does. Uh, so, uh, so AJ is chosen after drawing the straws, and Colonel Sharp demonstrates to AJ how to manually activate the detonator. Harry volunteers to take AJ down when the elevator reaches the bottom. Harry disables AJ's air supply and takes his place. Now, uh, a little factoid here to throw at you. Yes. Apparently on the first day of filming, they all had these space suits on and they were doing part of this scene, I believe. Now, um, Michael Bay got really frustrated with Ben Affleck because Ben Affleck just apparently was almost just roaming around looking down at the floor in the scene. Mm. So when he yelled, cut... Um, they realised that uh, Ben Affleck was actually suffocating and when he was looking <laughs> down, he was trying to find a rock to smash the visor in his seat. Amazing. Yeah, so uh, I, I bet he didn't really have to do much method acting for this part. You know um, what? If that's the case, if that's true, and obviously like anything you read online could not be true, yeah. but if that is true, don't tell him to shut the fuck up in the DVD commentary. <laughs> you nearly well, killed him. Well, apparently uh, Bruce Willis' stunt guy uh, almost died on this as well. One of the large pipes, uh, I think as is on the oil rig scene, when it's all dropping down, uh, landed on his head. But luckily he was obviously wearing a hard hat. Uh, he didn't get the uh, triple X treatment then. He did not. Um, and what was that That poor lady? that dry, um, She didn't die. Um, she got horribly um, uh, injured on the Resident Evil. Uh, okay, yeah, I vaguely remember this. Uh 
something about like getting degloved or something like that. Like, uh, I don't, I don't know. Well, look, as long as she wasn't in the Twilight Zone movie, she's as fine. Long as, as long as she wasn't in that sequel. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As long as she wasn't uh, in that movie with uh, Slim Pickens, she's good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, uh, so it's all been a ruse. Harry's switched places, and the freedom tries to leave, but experiences engine failure. Uh, one again, the Lev comes to the rescue and gets the shuttle thrusters and main engines going again. Yeah, there's a lot. Of, I mean, this is probably the biggest one. But there's a lot of things in this movie that are just like, and then they magically fix it. He fucking whacks on the engine of a space shuttle like it's a car that needs a jump start. Yeah, with a and he's just like, oh, okay, this kind of old, uh, You might as well have had Arthur Fonzarelli just walk in, bump Aye. it with his fist, and go, Ey. yeah, exactly. Aye. And it's all right, whatever. It gets him flying, and then Bruce Willis gone done blow himself up. Yeah, so Harry sends a message to his daughter from the Armadillo video feed, giving his full support for her to marry AJ. Seconds later, the Freedom race away from the asteroid, and Colonel Sharp whispers a final goodbye and thank you to Harry. Right, he takes his fucking sweet time detonating this. Yeah, there's bomb, two. There's two things. Like number one, he does take his sweet time. And number two, um, obviously we're ragging on it and we're taking mm. a kind of semi-comedic approach here. Emphasis on semi. Semi. <laughs> <laughs> but every time I watch it, I'm just like, oh man, that was tense. <laughs> He leaves yeah. it till the final second. Yeah, I would be pissed if I was on that fucking shuttle and then I've got like, hey, wasn't that guy meant to blow up the fucking bomb? Like, to the point where if you're away, NASA, hey, give them a deadline that's five minutes earlier. Yeah, I'm sure Just they did. in case. I'm sure there was a bit of padding going on there. Um, so Harry does detonate the bomb exactly at the deadline. Fucking cutting it close there, mate. Uh, causing the asteroid to split in two and miss the Earth by 400 miles at the cost of his own life. I bet you any money that if you spoke to anybody that knows anything about fucking physics or geology or whatever the fuck it is, astrophysiology, um, one of those fucking uh, space scientists, uh, they would tell you that those things would still come crashing into the Earth. Because no way would someone be able to come that close with, uh, in Earth's orbit and just that big and fucking just do like essentially the wanted movie and curve yeah. out the fucking <laughs> Earth. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, there's that and there's just the idea that this uh, bomb splits the asteroid in two like a piece of wood getting hit by an axe. Yeah, they say about like, like minor chunks or whatever falling into the Pacific or something, but well, they're, yeah, they're like, oh, the uh, the smaller bits were destroyed, and so like there's going to be no more of this asteroid shit coming down. Just to like wink, wink, you know what I mean? It's like the day is saved, and it's just a bit like really. I don't know. I think a fucking nuclear bomb in space goes off in a three sixty direction. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I, I feel that. Yes, you. Because uh, they're talking about the fault line in the asteroid, and then you split it open, yeah. and uh, that's a a real thing. You know, asteroids can be actually, you know, pieces of mass that have actually slammed together and frozen solid and things like that. You're like, cool, but, okay, that's fair enough. But there's something but, that's just occurred to me from what you've just said, yeah. And I've talked, and but it there is still debris that's now landing on Earth, right? Yeah, yeah. That's now tainted 
with nuclear waste. In the wake of one of the massive pieces is the Freedom heading for home on the ground. Celebrations take place around the world that the asteroid threat is gone. So we get uh, holding hands across the world, uh, different parts, everyone having good jolly old time in slow motion. So <laughs> I felt I haven't given out enough about slow motion on this movie, and I'm surprised that you haven't either. Um, but the uh, remaining men and women of the Freedom and the Independence return to Earth as heroes as the Freedom touches down at the uh, Kennedy Space Center. Yeah. It is met with fire crews and families of the astronauts. So AJ is reunited with Grace. Uh, Chick is met by his son and former wife. Yeah, we'll, we'll cu- I'll touch on oh, that we'll, like, yeah, subplot we'll circle in back just a that. second. We'll, we'll circle back on this. Uh, Rockhound is met by Molly Mounds, the... <laughs> that he met the night before leaving on the mission yeah um, and with that also Colonel Sharp meets Grace and offers his gratitude and admiration for her father's braveness and selflessness I just want to shake the hand of the daughter of the bravest man I've ever met yeah. which okay but is that the same thing <laughs> like you were with him on the air you were with him on the astronaut you, you were like, why are you shake? Like, what benefit does it do to shake her hand when you were literally buddies with Bruce Willis? I feel that it's almost like an area of guilt, isn't it? It's just like, hey, I, you know, like I'm survive. It's survivor's guilt, probably, to a degree. When he comes back and he's just like, fuck you, know, uh, your your dad gave up his life. But to save then the everyone. line is, I just want to shake the hand of a man that I could have saved, or. I just want to shake. I just want to say I'm sorry, or so, I don't know something. Not I want to shake the hand of the I daughter of the bravest man ever. To say I love you. What's going on? Yeah. Um, so um, then AJ gives um, Billy Bob uh, the patch as well because uh, Billy Bob never got his patch. And I think that was uh, meant to be part of a storyline at some point that uh, Billy Bob was meant to be an astronaut, but he had something go wrong with his leg or something like that i feel like you see that in yeah no so that's that's the thing that's his like subplot is that um this film is really good at giving more or less every character some sort of underlying journey that they're going on by which i mean like the main characters yeah. michael clark duncan doesn't get one max doesn't get one owen wilson doesn't get one we know what ben affleck is we know what uh we know what uh bruce willis and Liv tyler's are but chick will pat and his thing is that he's divorced from his uh wife He's got a son that he's estranged from that he's not allowed to see. Cause mm-hmm. he, I think the context is that he's a gambling alcoholic. Yeah, because you see him at the casino, don't yes. you? When he's on his like day off. And then uh, Steve Buscemi's is that he falls in love with a woman called Molly Mounds <laughs> and is in deep in deep with a debt collector. Yeah, I, well, he is now. But, um, but Billy like, Bob I've... Thornton's is that he wanted to be an astronaut and couldn't pass the physical because of his leg. Yeah, And he's like... Oh, I wish I could be up there with you, Stamper, but I guess you're going to have to fly solo or something. So Harry gives him the patch. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, it was, it was uh, nice. Every time, I'm like, good. But with, good. The, with the chick thing, right, is that uh, he goes and sees his former wife and tries to meet his son, and she's like, nah, get out of here. But then it's like five minutes later, they see him on the tv and she's like oh that's not the sales guy that's, that's your, your dad. dad yeah and it's like oh i see what it's all about you know what i mean it's just like it's just a little bit like yeah like this guy this kid has never met this guy before in his life and then when you are 
now been somehow reunited like at a high security facility yeah because you're like his estranged ex-wife and his son is like legging it towards him it's like How's this relationship built up? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, what What do you need to show to get past security at that point? Hi. Um, I know what this is going to sound like. My name is Molly Mounds. I know. I know. Exactly. I know. You, you think like, I'm, I'm just here to not. marry one of them, but I am actually. We fell in love the night before uh, that he went up there. Yeah. So all a bit of bollocks. That. Um, yeah. And you're right with some of the um, story arcs. Uh, so Ben Affleck has earned the respect of Bruce Willis. Also. Then uh, Bruce Willis has learned to almost like let go of his daughter in a in, in a kind of way. So mm-hmm. he's he's done everything up to that point to yeah. protect her, and this is like the ultimate sacrifice that he can perform. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. and then we get the wedding scene. We do. So as the uh, end credits roll, we see Grace and AJ's wedding. Mm. Uh, the guests include uh, people like Colonel Sharp, but as well as obviously the other crew, as uh, well like... as Steve Buscemi's debt collector. Oh really? I that dude's there. That. I'm confident that dude's there. <laughs> uh, maybe, maybe he's just keeping an eye on him. Um, so yeah, so Bear, Rockhound, and Molly um, are there, uh, as well as Lev, uh, Chick, and his former wife Denise. In the front row uh, stands the photographs of Harry, Oscar, Max, and Noonan, uh, the other Lost crew members who are remembered. Uh, but what I thought was really weird about that mm. is like they are your close family and your dad yet you have pictures of them when they're in fucking astronaut suits which are quite clearly production photos yeah you're like could you not have a picture of you and like harry and grace you know when she was younger or something like that and well that was the first rule of the oil drilling uh biz no cameras on board Mm, that was it (laughs) You, you always forget this but that's the first rule of oil drilling club yeah, so I, I feel we did all right getting through all that. Um, anything oh, you want I to mean, touch on? there's so many more things I want to touch on. Yeah, Number one, it. the fact that the night before they're going up into space, all of yeah. the quote-unquote astronauts are allowed out for one night and yeah. three of them go to a strip club and get arrested. Like, yeah, I, that but I again understand. should be a plot point that one of them just ends up dead. Yeah, but doesn't um, doesn't isn't this also the... Uh, in real life, when Dennis Rodman uh, goes off to Las Vegas during the Chicago Bulls playoffs, <laughs> just needs like you know Phil Jackson's like, hey, just let him go. You know what I mean? Like, and let him go bang uh, Carmen Electra in his hotel room or whatever it is. And, yeah, allegedly. Yeah, and well, no, he did. They were going out. That was fine. That could stay in. Um, but you know what I mean? They just need a a day, and kind of Bruce Willis puts it right and said that they need to remember what they're fighting for. I agree, but also no fucking way. And strippers. Uh, Molly Mounds. Mm. Um, There's that. There's. I want to mention quickly uh, the scene that's sponsored by Chevrolet. (laughs) Is it Chevrolet or is it BMW? Uh, Oh, it might be BMW. You're correct. One or the other, uh, which is the AJ and Liv. uh, AJ and Grace. Oh, we did. The the animal cracker shit. Fucking the animal cracker chit chat. That leads to them just having the best sex of their lives. Yeah. That scene, every time I watch this film, I'm just like, just just good, sexy, sexy writing. It's good stuff. Yeah, Liv Tyler is pretty hot. Uh, yeah, exactly. She should have just looked at the asteroid and said, if you want him, come and claim him, and it would have fucked <laughs> off. It would have been great. <laughs> That's a joke for Lord of the Rings nerds. Um, 
that was the film. I love it. I'll watch it again. I will introduce other people to it that have heard of it but not seen it. Yeah. I will quote it. I will think about it all the time. It's great. Um, it's complete nonsense, but it's probably the best. Like, when you're talking about disaster films... Yeah, I was going to say, do you feel that this... Which is the better movie, Deep Impact? Or Independence Army? Day. Oh, oh, this is better than Deep Impact for me. I'm sure Deep Impact is, like, the better movie, but for me, I enjoy watching Armageddon more. But as as disaster movies go, you're looking at, like, Towering Inferno, Volcano, Dante's Peak, Deep Impact, Armageddon, Independence Day, which, quote-unquote, disaster movie, Day After Tomorrow, 2012. Like... They're all just like, yeah, okay. With I'm t- I'll take Independence Day out there because that's not really a disaster movie. Um, you know, The Impossible, that new one with Gerald Butler. Um, oh, that fucking Greenland. Greenland, it's yeah, all that. They all, with the exception of maybe the Poseidon Adventure, pale in comparison to Armageddon. Fair enough. Um, I will think that this movie could have done without a few things it could have probably done without the space station um i feel yeah. that there was a lot of also you're trying to build the characters and you're trying to make the relationship between the characters work so that it the you kind of have that sympathy for when they start losing each other up on the asteroids and you kind of feel that you'll probably have that little bit more connection with the characters but i do feel that there was such a big ensemble that you kind of like, oh fuck, is Owen Wilson dead? Oh, I don't give a shit. Oh, fucking Max is gone. Oh, he gives a fuck. You know I mean, mean, Max, Max has a great death. No, I'm not going yeah, to let it slide. Max's death but is. You kind of shrug Max, your shoulders Max a little bit, don't you? Max goes out screaming, Harry! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you, 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 you know so what I mean. It's, and then yeah. you don't, you definitely don't give a shit about any astronauts dying no uh, when Gruber dies you're just like oh no Gruber oh it's like it's another red shirt you know what I mean yeah it's, it's very um, insane I, I feel that it almost it's the pace of the movie goes so quick that it doesn't allow to set in almost the gravity of the situation no mm. pun intended like hey. it you know like all right you're like all right it's a fucking asteroid right we've got to get this and we've got to do that and then this and you just kind of like None of the scenes rest, you know what I mean? And you don't yeah. almost get an, uh, a feeling of the magnitude of the situation because you're yeah. like, um, all the explosions and shit like that. I kind of feel that, I don't know, with watching this now as an older as an older bloke who's seen a gajillion fucking action movies, that I've been so desensitised to this level of action. Like, you know, I was a fucking New York's blowing up for the 50,000th time. You know what I mean? That like, it. Like, they needed to localise it more mm. for it. To, I forbid, Like, if you were to remake the film now, uh, localise it more, keep yeah. it contained. Obviously, you need the, like, world-ending gravitas of it. Yeah. But one of the reasons that E.T. works as well as E.T. works oh, is because it's small-town USA. Like, small-town New York. But no, but no, but, it, <laughs> but ET actually is small town USA. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. it's got nothing going. So all of the things that happen, similar with like Stranger Things, mm. everything that happens only affects, well, it has cataclysmic effects past the town, but only this town can solve it because of reasons. That's and right. so everything that happens is heightened p- past what you get if you make it a global event. Mm. And that's for me. If they were to remake Armageddon now, they should have it that 
no one knows and it isn't affecting the world but or it is going to affect the world but the world doesn't know about it and this yeah. and that and the other because again like they say oh uh if you fire up a nuclear rocket it'll just mm. keep on smiling but oh, yeah. if if the nuclear rockets of the fucking UK, US, Russia, China, France, I'm I'm confident there's one other nuclear power, but if all of them fired all of their nuclear rockets, yeah, maybe that would work, you know? Maybe. Or um, if they, if you've got a hundred rockets and you aim at the you know, pile a hundred rockets so they hit the exact same spot. Maybe that would work. Well, you're like, not listening to the smartest man in the room talk about the firecracker, Craig. He lost me with his sexy British accent, Adam. Sexy British accent. Um, I tell you what, like just uh, my final thought. Um, Liv Tyler's character becomes so insufferable by the end, um, and I just kind of again lose interest in in certain characters like that because I'm just like, she's going. Like she's going fucking mental at people in the you know operations room. It's just like, oh, that's my dad up there. It's like, yeah, no shit, we know that. But also as well, there's about the the lives of six billion, seven billion people. Like, rest but that this... speech comes at a time when they were going to blow up the bomb too early. Yeah, it's it's a bit like again uh, when you start thinking about certain character motivations and things like that I understand that she's going to be like upset and she, she's you know she's meant to be this fiery woman that takes after her dad and shit like that but you are just a little bit like fucking give it a rest love you know so, I mean? uh, all I can hear is your ardent hatred of elves <laughs> yeah fucking those fucking forest dwellers yeah um, ooh so uh, I disagree. That. I think I think that's totally justified. I think that when it happens with uh, the kid in Independence Day as well, I'm just like, mm. yep, yeah, cool, because it's your dad, uh, or in this case, dad and partner, and also Rockhound. I mean, he taught how to use a tampon. Can't forget that. <laughs> of course, that uh, is problematic. Do you want to plug the socials? Absolutely, I do. Uh, we have been Adam Craig's Guilty Pleasure Cinema. We are on Instagram at Adam Craig's GPC. We are on Twitter at Adam and Craig. Uh, we are on Facebook, Spotify, iTunes, and all other major streaming apps. Adam and Craig's Guilty Pleasures Cinema. We have a Patreon, which I swear to God we will one day make money from. Uh, <laughs> we will never make money from that. No, I know we won't. But hey, if you uh, like what you heard, if you want to share the love, if you uh, you know, if you want to spread the news, tell a friend about the show. Give us a like, give us a share, give us a rating, give us a review, give us a subscribe. Whatever you need to do to spread the joy that is this podcast. Very nice. Thanks. Cool. Uh, so we will be back next week. The start season of the season Nick. of the Nick. Yeah. Um, so we might put out maybe something on Instagram see which one we do first yeah absolutely we need to do like a tete-a-tete mano a mano are we going to do Gone in 60 Seconds or Jiu Jitsu are we going to do USS Indianapolis or Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance let's Um, give the audience the choice let's give them what they want oh fuck off (laughs) just quickly (laughs) you wanted a palate cleanser between like the Q&A we did and the start of season of the Nick and we chose Armageddon no you chose Armageddon we are a collective (laughs) we are a hive mind we are the ball. we're a meteor that has been split in two yeah (laughs) we're definitely going on different sides of the planet right now if we've definitely been split into 70 30 I should add so on that note we will catch you guys next week thank you very much for listening Goodbye.
Goodbye. This is why I send you the fucking script, mate, so you can fucking oh, stick to it. Oh, good God. Okay, I don't read it, because I'm more of the, like, improv kind of guy. Like, you yeah, just lead the way, We are watching a movie that we are talking about. So sit back and relax, and it's time to talk about it. Talk about it Maybe get some popcorn Or maybe some snacks Because we are watching a movie That we're gonna be a-talking about uh,